fam. Welcome again, once again, to another episode of Mental Health Issues with the one and the only exotic Tawana, the coolest mental health activist you will, you will ever find. Today we have another cool guest, uh, and it's such an honor because she's really passionate about this um, subject of mental health, and really, like, it, she will really bring it on. I believe this is a very powerful segment. So thank you so much, Isabel, for coming through. Um, it's such an honor and privilege to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Tuana. I'm very honored to be invited to be a part of this important dialogue and conversation. Thank you. Um, would you like to introduce yourself, maybe? Because I, I... So we are. Besides, I did try to talk a little bit. I think you're very private. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, it, it's a it's a mixture of me using my full names and some profiles I just use, you know, one of my names. So maybe that's why. Yeah. All right. Noted. Noted. Definitely. But I think <laughs> a brief intro um, about myself. I am Letabo Mabuzwe, Bridget Managa. I am from the East Rand, uh, born and bred within South Africa, uh, a little town in um, Brakban. Then I grew up with my grandmother in uh, the township called Davidson and moved back to stay with my um, parents in Brakban. I then um, commenced my schooling within the East Rand uh, and then I moved on to do my undergraduates at the University of Johannesburg. I studied IT there. I did my honors as well at uh, the University of Johannesburg, majoring in informatics. I then, um, I think my, my career then solidified from my undergraduate phase where I started off within a project management role and I quickly moved into um, consulting, SAP consulting, then moved into being a business analyst and I've like really found my place within business analysis and I love what I'm currently doing. And um, I'm currently also completing my master's. Um, it was set to be complete this year, but I think I've asked for an extension to complete my dissertation next year. And that's me in a nutshell. And I'm also, oh yeah, so I'm also part of um, the BA Summit um, and I'm a track chair for this year's uh, Business Analysis Summit. So that's me in a nutshell. Wow. And I'm a wife a and I'm a mom. There. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I, I thought about, I'm like, oh my goodness, I did not say I'm a wife and, and I'm a mom. And that's very important to me. So I'm definitely a mom. Yeah, that and is wife. very important. Oh, yes. That's beautiful. Oh, that's Thank such you. A, you have a lot of accomplishments. People always say, no, marriage is not an accomplishment. But like a lot of people, there's a reason why a lot of people are going on these websites and whatever. Like mm. it is, it is a blessing to actually find marriage. And, you know, True. so that is like, and having kids. People pay for them. People adopt kids. People absolutely. People, like, oh, people over underlook uh, over. I mean, undermine all these blessings. So thank you so yeah. much for bringing that up. Um, yeah, but so how does mental health fit in? Because I, I, I like you know like I want to understand because there was a lot of education here and a lot of um um what is that word um a lot of oh, a lot of intellectual things. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A lot of intellectual yeah. things that you've done which is really not um, mainly on mental health, but you're doing mental health anyway. So I want to understand like, why, why, what is the link and what drew you close and what gave you interest in that field? 
Okay. So I think I'll take it back to when I was still in high school. So the period of my life when it was from 2006 or 2005 to 2009. Um, and high school is basically where you do up until you're in the trick. Yeah. I think what had happened for me was that I lost my younger sister at that And I could not articulate the pain, right? And I think for me, that's when, um, like, I had a spotlight or it shone a light on how what it means to be well mentally. So I, I then had a nervous breakdown. I actually was in hospital for, like, a week because I literally could not understand why I had to lose my sister and, you know, why am I still alive and she's gone. So I think mm. that's when that conversation started. And my parents were very helpful in, in making me understand that you know this is definitely a part of life and there are ways in which you know you can help deal with the pain and I started seeing a psychologist and I got better so what that now led it was for me to now understand that on this journey of life you know you really cannot um, underestimate the power of thinking that you have everything under control, you do honestly need a support system to take you through the different phases of your life. And this is to say from me becoming, um, you know, single to me becoming married, there's that element of seeing a, a, a marriage counselor and, you know, speaking about the transition for yourself and really naming that and, and, and really understanding what that means for yourself. And then there's that transition of being um, not a mother to being a mother now that's also an, something else that you really need to understand to say what are the dimensions of myself am I having to peel off to understand this layer that or this wow. level that I'm coming into so I think for me at every stage of my life and right now I, I currently have a career coach and that's so that's what it means for me it's it's saying you know are you checking in with yourself on a deeper level you know not just saying on a day-to-day -day, are you fine are you okay but it's really understanding are you okay with where you are in life currently are you understanding that you are part of a bigger plan are you understanding that you know you are part of I mean, I, I, I attribute what, where, where I am currently to, you know, my belief in Christ and my belief in my ancestors, but it's really just connecting the dots for yourself. And I think for me, that's where the mental health aspect um, came in to say, you know, it's, it's not just mental health and it's not just a person, but you really need to incorporate mental health and mental well-being within whatever you're doing as a human being. Wow, this is really good because what you're saying right now literally summarizes what um, Legal Wolf is all about because people have really made mental health seem like it's this intellectual conversation that people yeah. need to have or it's, it's an intellectual conversation that some people can't have. But you've really like summarized what we're really trying to do like to actually just say, you know, it's actually part of you and it's going to be part of every aspect of your life that you well, need to take care of. Thanks. Definitely. I, I, I agree with that 100%. And I think that when we have a lot of dialogues around it, you then are able, you know, once people see you talking about such matters, they then become comfortable in sharing their experiences, even if they don't go deeply. Yeah. You know, they, they don't personalize their experiences that much, but they become comfortable in saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. You know, it's, it's not that the, the world is ending or the world is collapsing around me, but really I am okay. There are 
avenues for me to get help and what I feel is valid and, and it validates who you are in a way. Wow, that's really, really nice. Thank you so much for that. So like how, how did you really then start to, to say I'm going to help other people? Mm. Um, so I think when I was still studying I so I think my course was very stressful so I majored in computer science and um, informatics and I found the programming aspect of computer science very hard and the concepts very hard to capture and to grasp so what, what that now means was that I I like created a support group for myself and initially it was just a support group where I knew if I need help with something within the lines of computer science or a module within what we're doing I know who to speak to who is you know who has strengths within that um and then it grew so I then saw that you know the fact that I'm actually talking and speaking about uh, speaking out about my struggles it's allowing other people to then talk about their struggles and I I always say like my friends always call me like the psychologist in a way in inverted commas because people always feel comfortable sharing with me um like personal details deep details and I guess Mm. it's the warmth and and the energy that I give out but it's really Mm. about um I I then understood that you know there are people out there who are in in need of help who cannot communicate it and then I thought maybe let me come in there you know let me connect because I feel I feel like there's nothing much more greater than connecting with a human being on the basis of that they are human you know I'm not connecting with you because we're studying the same course I'm not connecting with you because you're a senior manager or there's something I'm looking to gain from who you are what you have but it's really just connecting with you to check in to say are you okay you know are the levels in your life like all the areas of of who you are and all the areas of your life are those okay and can those in a way can I then come in and see how is it that I can best um, help you and it doesn't sometimes have to be these grandiose gestures but it can Mm -hmm. be just a simple conversation it can be really just pointing people into the right direction it really I I think it, it honestly goes um into just validating that what it what it is that you're going through is definitely okay. It is valid, and um, if if you need me to be there for you, I am there. Obviously. So I don't. Yeah. I, I consider yeah. So I, I I consider everyone to be like a, a sister or a brother to me. Um, and mm. I don't see why I you need to be close to me for me to assist you. Like I just feel like for the fact that we are that. both human. I know that yeah. we do have weaknesses and we do have strengths yeah. and the best way to get out of this is for us to support each other. And one thing that you said that I really, really like, you said, um, as you started opening up, other people started opening up again. I've been yeah. really thinking about yeah. this and I feel like God has been like talking about it with me from yesterday about secrecy. Um, mm. Especially in African societies, we yeah. are so manifested with mental illnesses. But then the basis yeah. of it, if you actually dig deep, there's a lot of secrecy around us. And we, we are also groomed to think that there's certain things we can't talk about. Talk about, yes. Things, yeah. Yes, especially when it comes to our health, especially when it comes to our feelings, especially when it mm. comes to um, just, just, just us talking because it's like you are, you, you're, become, you're, you're naked in yourself around you're naked in mm-hmm. yourself in society you're naked in yourself and so 
how what's your what's your perspective on that like what how do you see it do you think there's ever too much to share because i think that's the that's the biggest problem even as we as we talk to our parents or whatever they are very mm. hesitant to talk about so much but actually talking helps because the moment yeah. one person removes their mask in society another person will find it okay to remove their mask too and you find that we will become an open society with honesty so how 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 important do you think honesty is when it comes to mental health like the relationship between honesty secrecy and mental health uh, i think it's such a vital one and i i think you know though that relationship between those three components are like mutually ex- you, they cannot be mutually exclusive so i think mm. for me um coming out on some of the mental you know health issues that I, ha- I have experienced it helped me even in the workplace so i think in the previous year yeah, so, so 2020 was quite a difficult year for myself and um i think if it was not for the manager that i had had then i really don't know what would have happened to myself but honestly, it went to the point where I was very, so I, I, I'm a very open person. So I think talking yeah. about certain things has not been um, of difficult to me, but I've learned how to have boundaries. So you need to understand that, you know, you can't always overshare. There definitely is a limit to you sharing. But I think in terms of wanting to open up or have a level playing field with the person that you're communicating with, I think transparency is key and honesty is key. So then when I was having my struggles, I think communication and being transparent with my manager then, that really assisted me and that assisted her to best support me. And I think she wasn't really you know, she, 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 she wouldn't push for me to uh, tell her all the details. It came naturally to me because of the person that she was and the relationship that we held. But I think secrecy is, is something that can really grow a lot of um, anxiety within a person. And it, it has done that with me because it, it leads you to believe that what it is that you're going through, you know, um, the, the, you definitely, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, the, you are yeah. this only person who has this problem in this entire world. And I mean, how many people do we have in this universe, you know, and how many problems yeah. are really unique and, and fundamentally unique. So I think secrecy does not serve its purpose when it comes to you having to be well and, and looking after your well-being, your mental well-being. I think being open with people that you trust is so important. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be everyone that you come across with, you share with them that yeah. you know you have these struggles, but it really it can be just a select few of people who when you talk to them you really can be yourself yeah and you can be authentic and genuine but I think from growing up as an African child that was really frowned upon in terms of um, speaking out especially from like my grandparents and some of my extended family they could not understand why you would have to speak out on certain matters like certain matters really need to be kept under the rug you know so you need to um, maintain the integrity of the family so if you talk about this you know this is what people might think and um, people might now want to use that weakness in inverted commas against you but it really is not like that I think my parents really um, wanted me and pushed me to be open and, and to be vocal and, and to not live in isolation but to understand that we are a community of helpers that is so true and now like coming back to your um your job you are yeah. in it you, you're in it or are you still doing it 
Yes, so I'm definitely still in IT. Um, I just work for a a health um, healthcare company now, which owns hospital okay. groups within South Africa. Yeah, but it's still in well, IT. I, I understand, like in 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 that field, or maybe like in in most white collar jobs. Anyway, there's uh, an element of confidentiality, and yes. now as yeah. and and there's some things that like as as employees or employers or whatever they, that they go through. And they can't really share with maybe their uh, co-workers or they, they can't share with their spouse back at home when you go home after a rough day at work or whatever you've experienced. You really can't share with your partner because of these um, non-confidentiality agreements. Mm. So then obviously that, yes, but obviously maybe like you can talk to your manager or you can talk to m- maybe one person who is assigning the job and they have a common um, knowledge of whatever you know like maybe the trauma it could be like cyber um, monitoring and you find something horrifying or whatever how often um are people finding good support in these white collar jobs to actually cater for that as well because my concern now is if there is no one to talk to and you're going through or you've you've experienced some trauma in your workspace then what is going to happen yeah a hundred percent. And I think that continues to be a struggle and it continues to be a conversation between HR and um, between senior management, but it's not filtering down to the people on the ground who are actually experiencing these daily traumas. You know, a lot of these things um, or a lot of these traumas that happen to us on the ground, you are expected to speak up and you're expected to reach out to an employee assistance program sometimes you know the person that I am or my my um what's this my personality does not allow for me to re- you know to speak up about things that I experience on the floor but I think that that they now you know clicks or I'd say dovetails into you having a really good relationship. And I hope this is something that can speak to managers and people who manage other people um, within white collar jobs to say, you know, really checking in with, with your employees on a human level, not just what's the update on this task, on this it's deliverable, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not enough. Like the, the conversation needs to go deeper and you need to understand where are your people currently mentally because one it affects their productivity and two if somebody is fundamentally not okay how is it that how will they bring their best self to to work so I think definitely the conversation um, must lead not only with HR and um, employee assistance programs and senior management, but it needs to be like a conversation that we have on the ground as team members. And what I like now as as I'm in IT, so there's um, a new methodology that we are adopting as um, employees or as a development team, and that's an agile methodology. And that talks to the culture of our team. And that talks to what are our values within our team. So I think mm. when we look at the values within our team, and if we surround those values around our well-being, our mental health well-being, then we start, you know, we start directing certain conversations when we are in different um, sessions and in different spheres. Because I would then fundamentally understand that when I'm in my setting as a team member, 
I cannot violate someone else's values or the values that I've set yeah. out as a team, you yeah. know, on the basis that I've agreed to these values when I joined mm. the team. So I think definitely we, we as team members have a really huge and a mammoth task to fulfill to support one another, but we need to normalize it from senior management to say, guys, it is okay for you to be going through what it is that you're going through. I mean, looking at 2020 and 2021, it's it's been a difficult year. We we have been mourning globally, you know, looking at the stats about people who've passed on. And um now when we look at mental health within the pandemic, we're seeing that mental health is a pandemic on itself. So let, let's not have that conversation. We can't wait till somebody reaches out and goes to an employee assistance program, but let's rather reach out as senior management and and let them see us reaching out and, and normalizing whatever dialogues that need to be normalized. That is so true. That is really, really true. Because, you know, like, um, I, I was actually having this conversation with my friend when, when this whole COVID um, started. And yeah. we started yeah. saying you can actually dis- differentiate between good managers and bad managers. And oh, yes. People who are really serious about making profit and don't care about their workers and those that actually care about the well-beings of of everyone in in their surroundings and I think that is a really big conversation that um, we should not only have with employers but actually the the top management they need to be they need to be mentally aware they need to be the mental health um, activists and in these organizations to spare here like the knowledge and the education of mental health so I really think what you said is really, really important. And yeah, it's, it's really, really important. So thank you for that, hey. Thanks, Tuana. So what are you doing for your own mental health? So I think for my mental health, I'm really trying to do things that are outside of the realms of me studying, outside of the realms of me, you know, being at work. And that is hiking. So I enjoy hiking and taking oh, walks. I love hiking. Yeah, oh, yeah, we fine. should actually set up a date. You and I should yeah, go on a hike did. together. <laughs> I, I did, I did 18,000 steps two days ago and I was so happy. Wow. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love it. So we should do that. Um, I am currently reading as well. So I, I read books that I really and truly enjoy. I think I just finished reading um, Intelligence Isn't Enough by Carice Anderson, but I'm now wanting to read The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, and then I think those two and then having re- like quality time with my family, I think just filling my cup with that and just uh, reading yeah. the Bible and watching programs that really fill me up spiritually, that has been helping my mental health. And that has really now, you know, put me on, on a different level in terms of how I really operate within this pandemic yeah at work, at school. Um, And it's really just also allowing yourself to take a break and not feeling guilty about having to take a break. Um, I think when I had to ask for that extension at school, you know, I I was like, but let's have, you know, you had set this deadline for yourself that in two years, your master's will be done. But me now uncovering to say, but it's okay. You know, you've been having a lot going on. It's okay for you to, to hold this off till the next year. It's not really about finishing fast, but it's really about completing the journey and, and finishing what you've started. So I think it, it really goes across all spectrums within my life, understanding that there are different things at different points in times that I need to do to take care of my mental health. I really like about it 
it looks like you're really like you really maximize on the positive and the positive activities that promote your mental health. Like what um like what the Bible says, it says um fill your mind with good things. Um yes. and, and people don't you you find that like some people when they're depressed, they wanna listen to sad music and they're expecting the opposite. Um, exactly. <laughs> so it's really, yeah. really good that you're sharing all these things because it just it's really a good reminder that like if you want to do well, you really need to re- like emphasis, you really need to focus on good things and you really need to focus on you know the on, on the positive things and the things that make you feel alive and you said family, you said hiking and you know the walk. That's really yeah. refreshing. And I hope anyone who's listening out there can just maybe like take one of these activities and just try them out. You never know like what could really, really do to your mental health. So yeah, absolutely. what were like one of or maybe like the challenges that you have as a person because some people think being a mental health activist means it's conquered mental health challenges. What are the oh, no. everyday factors you they have to wake up and work on yourself? You constantly have to wake up and put yourself, you know, put yourself in your shoes and force yourself to bath and get your... it's a mm. constant workout. So what are the challenges that you go through as a person as well? So that other people out there that could be just saying, wow, wow, she's doing it. Wow, she's doing it. Well, that actually knowing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think, I mean, the most recent one is, you know, with COVID and having lost, like, loved ones. Um, Towards the end of last year, I think it was 2022, yeah, 2020 in November, um, I took a break from work because I literally got um, clinical anxiety. So I had clinical anxiety and I had to be put on medication. So, and I mean, at that point, I was a mental health advocate prior to that. But I think the 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 dealing with the number of losses and the frequency of the losses that I had, I think it was difficult for me to fathom and to just process. So I think as a mental health advocate, it's really choosing to be on the positive side of life, it's really understanding that it's not to say that you are immune to the challenges of life. It's saying that life will hit you. Like it's just a matter of time of life hitting you, but it's now about how is it that you respond? How is it that you choose to show up? What is it that you're attributing your wellness to? You know, what are the steps that you're taking for you to get better? So it's okay to, to not be okay and to feel what it is that you're feeling, but it's not, it's, it's, staying there for quite some time for a long period of time that's not okay you know speaking up about your struggles that's okay you need to tell people when you need help when you need support that's the only way people can come and intervene and intercess on your behalf but I think for me that has been one challenge it's also being a mental health advocate it's really also about if somebody comes um to you in in a negative manner or in a way that you don't like you really need to like really pause before you respond or you react to that situation. So yeah. it's it's now saying, okay, how how would I want this whole situation to play out? So usually when something like that happens to me and it's maybe something over that. email or in a meeting session, I actually take literally nine seconds if it's in a meeting or in a call before I respond. So I just take a deep breath 
I breathe out and I respond to whatever it is that I need to respond to, but it's never in a manner of which I need to react to defend myself. So I always, always have this understanding to say, you know, 90% of what people do to you is not a reflection of who you are, but it's just simply a reflection of what they're going through. Right. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's really just taking yourself out of there and understanding that, that reaction that you will now have to a specific situation that lives on forever. But understanding that you can pause and take back that power and respond in a manner that is okay or in a manner that is tolerable, that is much yeah. better. Yeah. That is, that is really powerful. Thank you so much for saying that. Like, I never saw that coming. <laughs> thank you so much. I never saw that coming at all. But thank you so much because this just takes me back to. Um, the issues that are in society right now, like for me, I started unraveling um, relationships with black parents. How black mm. parents can be really toxic. Like, yes, they can be really, really toxic. So before, like, I I have like a lot of issues with my mom, but before, like, I used mm. to react. I used to react so much. Like, and it wasn't even like I would be rude or anything. But the reaction itself was, would not be something I would work really, like, even after 30 minutes, I would have really wanted to do. So, like, mm. I just like breathing and telling myself, like, you know what, whatever she had said and her, how hurtful it is, it's coming from love, and then I'll just go offline. And then yes. from that time, I'll go back and then respond after a while. Like, after even, like, reasoning with everything. Yeah. Sometimes we, we don't even reason sometimes when we, when we see something that is painful to hear or whatever. And yeah. my friends have been really taking it in as well. Like, it's like literally like just knowing this person might not be just, might not even be doing it, might not be saying it because it's true, but they're saying it because of how they feel. Now, if you're going to say whatever you're going to say because of how you feel as well, then it's just going to be, a, a, um, um, oh my God, such a nice word. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. 
So I love that question. Thank you so much, Tuana. I think for me, it's really um, allowing my son. So I only I have a son, just one child, to express themselves and. It really, even if it's just them throwing a temper tantrum, I need to understand where that temper tantrum is stemming from. But I think it's always trying to put yourself on the level of your child, understanding that they can't vocabulize or, you know, their vocabulary is not strong enough to articulate their emotions as well as as an adult would. So if you... If you are able to then understand that, you are able to adapt your parenting strategy to your child. Um, I think it's also understanding the uniqueness of your child. So not comparing one child to the next, not comparing my son's son or daughter to my son. It's really understanding that they're unique, they love different things. Um, and some of and some of those uniqueness, they tie into the things that I like, you know. So how is it that we can best have a relationship with my four-year-old and we both like different things or we both like the same things? Um, but I think what I want to cultivate within my child is expressing their emotions and being able to articulate what it is that they feel. So I want their vocabulary when it comes to their feelings to be very expansive so that they don't have to struggle or they don't have to put up a macho front. Um, Exactly. (laughs) No, that's okay. Thank you so much. I just want to say, um, this is a round off. I just want to say thank you so much for the fact that you're Oh my God, this is, this is gold. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for the honesty and, and for being with me. I can be honest with that. And it's just giving us a belief in your own life. Um, it, for me, it's a blessing when someone says yes to, to, to having a conversation with me because it, 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 it's a lot. You know, it's not everyone who wants to. Thank you. 